praise the Lord, mightiest prophets of the Lord. Senior Pastor Hilda, am I live on air? Yes, please, my Lord, the mightiest prophets of the Lord, you're live on air, please. Well, uh, uh, blessed people, the Lord Jehovah has spoken with me, and I want to share this conversation right into the center of the church. I know you are assembled in your churches, in your various places of worship across this land and beyond. Uh, the Lord Jehovah has had a conversation with me, um, and this is a tremendous conversation, because uh, he took me to the house of the Lord, and then I saw so many wolves, I saw so many wolves trying to come, so many wolves that were inside the house of the Lord, and so immediately I began to strike them, the Lord placed a cloth, a cloth on my left hand, my left prophetic hand, so as I struck like this, they saw lightning coming to strike them, like thousands of lightning. Every time I waved the cloth like this, thousands of lightning came to strike them, so they were fleeing all directions. Every time I waved like this, thousands of lightning came, and so they were fleeing, they were running, they were running from everywhere, every corner of the house of the Lord. And uh, that means the Lord is saying that there are wolves in the house of the Lord, and he has sent me into the house of the Lord to kill the wolves and chase them away totally and eradicate the wolves from the house of the Lord. And I want to bring specific caution here on pastors who may be involved in sexual sin, who are particularly involved in sexual sin, those are the wolves the Lord is talking about here, and uh, deluding and deceiving the sheep, pretending to be pastors, and yet they are wolves within the house. And also I want to warn the false prophets, the false apostles. These are the wolves the Lord is saying he has sent me to clean and eradicate from the house of the Lord. So the Lord is raising caution. That means he's raising caution to the church. And this is, uh, this is quite... Uh, uh, an old uh, phenomenon in the house. We have been aware that there are wolves. The Bible speaks about the wolves in the house uh, they would, that would come and try to devour the sheep. And that's why the Bible has severally and on many occasions spoken about the good shepherds versus the wolves. We know too well the book of Jeremiah 23, Ezekiel 34, all these scriptures the Lord celebrates that he laid on the Bible here, inside the Bible, that we may be able to take caution that uh, there are wolves in the house. So I have seen the Lord send me to the house, to the land, to the house, and chasing wolves, chasing away wolves from the house of the Lord. And uh, beloved people, I know too well that uh, sexual sin is one thing that has really, really, really kidnapped the charge, held the charge at ransom world over globally. And I want to raise caution on sexual sin in this land, in the land of Kenya, in this ministry, that whosoever you are, make sure you don't fall into the trap of sexual sin. Remember, sexual sin is different from all other sins. Sexual sin is a sin in which a man or a woman defiles herself. You defile the very temple of the Holy Spirit, 
So sexual sin is separated from all other sins. And I know that even today, within the schedule that you have for your worship here in church in this land, in the programs that you've set up for your worship today, of course you're going to celebrate. We enter now into a big celebration Thanksgiving week when everybody will be celebrating the great doings of the Lord in this land. And this is definitely a very awesome time in the history of the church because you see the execution of the agenda of the Lord rolling out upon the face of the earth, rolling out in the church. So so that, that really we understand. You see that this is a very awesome time of revival, that the Lord has come to revive the church, to energize the church, to infuse, to give an infusion of the of new life, of the new life, the life of Christ into the church. This is the restoration of the house that the Lord promised that the latter glory would dispense, would administer into the church. So it's an awesome time, by no doubt. It's very awesome. It's a beautiful time. It's a revival time. And it's also that time for correction to make sure that you get your bearing right, that you may enter eternity. Because remember, all these things are meant for the glorious kingdom of eternity, the glorious kingdom of heaven. So that's where we are at now, beloved people. And that's why I raise a caution here. I'm raising a caution on sexual sin. That if anybody be in sexual sin, just know that you cannot see the glorious kingdom of God except that you repent and turn away from sin. But when you turn away from sin totally, that means you are now, you have changed course. You're now going in the opposite direction, going back. You stop that direction towards sin. You stop that direction towards the events of immorality. And you are convicted, you repented, you turned around. 180 degrees, you are headed back. So without repentance, sexual sin will take you to hell. That is the caution I want to raise here today. And I know today you have a lot of visitors in the church. Again, thousands upon thousands of visitors across the land. But I am raising a serious caution on this trap, the trap of sexual sin that the enemy has laid in the house. And there are some pastors you'll find who are not genuine across this land who will pretend to be pastors and yet they are wolves. And this alarm, this alert the Lord has raised for a very long time, many years ago, he's been speaking about the wolves in the house. Remember when I saw the wolves that would come and devour the sheep many years ago and I kept saying it and it's all over the tube that the wolves will come. The wolves will always come. Remember, the wolves don't belong to the kingdom of God. They cannot enter. And that's why I'm raising a serious caution on sexual sin and also other, because we are global, other uh, situations, uh, other, uh, the hallmarks of uh, apostasy like deception, the lies, false prophecy, false prophets, false apostles. And I'm reading right now I am reading right now from the book of Numbers, chapter 9. And I'm reading because I know that in your schedule that is prepared in your church today, in your worship service today, today you have lined up certain visitations. Of course, the creepers are getting up and walking. It's an awesome time. It's a beautiful thing. It's a wonder. It's an absolute wonder considering that the two prophets of the Lord simply commanded from their residence in Nairobi. So make sure you don't miss out on the wonder. It is a wonder not seen before. Only Christ the Messiah did that. 
only Christ the Messiah did command and then the servant of the centurion from a distance was healed. So his anointing had no special limitation. And so here too now, when he sent these two prophets, then he is able to exposition the anointing and authority that is laid upon them. That they too can do this now to greater extent, to a greater level now. And that's why you see 84 stadiums gathered, gathered in different public squares and stadiums. And cripples rise up at one command of these two prophets at the same self moment. Same self hour, same self instant to be specific. But before you watch the cripples raise the blind, see the deaf here, before you watch some of the, the, the section of what happened, just a, a little section, a portion of what happened on the 16th of September, the year 2018. I know you're going to watch certain wonders. You're going to watch the Lord raising forth the identity of these two prophets. You're going to watch the cloud of God descend on he that speaks with you right now. You're going to watch the authority in commanding heaven to open and rain come down instant in less than a minute. You're going to watch also the Godhead, God the Holy Spirit, descend in bodily form like a dove, a huge dove, a huge white glorious dove, very big, is very huge, probably all the way from the head to beyond the chest, that that's high. And as he comes down to identify these two prophets and admit them into the office of the two witnesses of Revelation 11, that that you are going to watch today. And remember that that visitation was a preserve of the Messiah. But now because of the time, now the Lord uses that same order, that same kada, that same level of identification to identify them to this generation. And also to bespeak the fact that time is over and is now focused on the events beyond the rapture of the church. But I'm reading now, because you're going to see the, this visitation before the cripples, I want now to focus on the cloud you see descend on him at Central Park in Nairobi. The cloud that came and descended and you saw with your eyes, you're going to see today. I'm reading from the book of Numbers chapter 9 from verse 15. It says, On the day the tabernacle, the tent, of the covenant law was set up. The cloud covered it from evening till morning. The cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. Verse 16, it says, the book of Numbers, I'm reading verses 15 on to 23. Verse 16, it says, that is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night it looks like fire. Verse 17, the book of Numbers, chapter 9, he says, Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out wherever the cloud... Uh, so again, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. And wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. So wherever it went to, which means he was leading them. He lifted up, so they set out. And wherever he went and settled, there in there at their at they settled. And he continues on to say, At his command they encamped. The Lord at the Lord's command the Israelites set out, and at his command they encamped. 
as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp. And then at his command, they would set out. Verse 21. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning. And when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Verse 22. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days, or a month, or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped, and at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order and command in accordance with his command through Moses. Again, they obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with the command he gave through his servant, Moses. So, beloved people, this is the cloud that guided the Israelites in that first phase of the Bible, of their coming, and guided them all through, and I have so much detail about that. And at this hour, we are also seeing that this cloud has come back. This cloud has come back to the church. And in the book of Numbers, chapter 14, I'm reading a few, then I'll explain to you everything. The book of Numbers, chapter 14, verses 13 to 15, it says the following. Moses said to the Lord, again, the book of Numbers 14, beloved people, verses 13, 15, two verses, it says, Moses say to the Lord, the Egyptians will hear about it. By your power, you brought these people up from among them. And they will tell the inhabitants of this land about it. They have already heard that you, Lord, are with these people. And that you, Lord, have been seen face to face that your cloud stays over them and that you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. So, blessed people, in all your churches, wherever you are assembled today, why have I read these scriptures here? Because I know you are going to watch, among the wonders you watch as a preamble, as an introduction to what you are going to see in terms of the healing, the wonder that the cripples get up, some of the cripples, you'll see the legs are coiled. The legs are actually coiled like a rope like this. One of the babies sitting on the dust, the leg, if you check that leg, it's like a rope. It is coiled, totally round, round curved. And the Lord stretches the leg, strengthens the leg, and the baby is now walking. And the mother is calling the baby, and the baby is walking. So you're going to see this wonder. But as a preamble to that, you're going to see the cloud of God descend upon he that speaks with you. And you see here very clearly, he says, that when the cloud of God came unto the Israelites, it was a command by God. So the Lord came to give guidance to the Israelites. Because the cloud was appointed to be the visible visible and the vivid presence of God. We all know that the cloud is a physical manifest presence of God. 
the cloud actually has been appointed to be the visible and vivid physical manifest presence of God among his people. And so when he came, he came to give them guidance and direction because they had never been this way before. They had never been to the land of the promise, to the promised land, the land of the promise before. So he had to come because of what was at stake. He had to come and guide them there that they may not go back to Egypt. Like, you know, some of them tried to go back to Egypt. They hung over. Or that they may not get lost and end up elsewhere. So since they had never been this way before, then the cloud of the Lord Jehovah himself, God the Father himself, essentially, in his physical manifest presence, the physical manifest presence of God came down and now guided. He guided them to the land of the promise. So in that way they would enter. And hence indeed they entered the promise. Without which they would not enter. Why? Because they had never been this way before. And so, but you see from now, verse 14, from chapter 14, of the, the book of Numbers chapter 14, that was Numbers 9, verses 15 to 23. But now, from Numbers 14, verses 13, to 15, verse 14 of Numbers 14, he said that the Egyptians would be aware and the people would be aware that these people, the Israelites, these people of the Lord, have actually seen God face to face. That by seeing the cloud of God, these people have essentially seen God face to face. And so there is a renown. They are known. They, 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 are, they are known for that globally now, the whole world from now to time immemorial, they will be known to eternity that these people have seen God face to face. Why? Because they saw the cloud of God. That they have seen God. That these people, that you Lord, have been seen face to face, he says, by these people. And so, what you are going to see today is that essentially you're going to see God face to face. This is phenomenal, beloved people. This is a phenomenal time. This is a, a tremendous alarm. This should raise alarm to you. It should raise alarm upon you. I know when there was a baptism, and I know so much about this without divulging so much, the baptism of the Messiah that took place on the Jordan River. Then, of course, I was able to see, I was able to see the dove, the Holy Spirit descend and light on him. Glorious and glowing. And there's a ray of light that comes from heaven as he descends. I've described to a few people. Again, without divulging much. And then in that way, then the identification of the Messiah to the Christ, saying, this is the Christ. This is the Redeemer of the nations, the Redeemer of men. But at that time, nobody recorded God the Holy Spirit descending on the Messiah. Nobody recorded on camera and video. And yet now, where you are seated today, you are going to be able to see God the Holy Spirit, God, God coming in bodily form from heaven as a dove and light on he that speaks with you. You are going to see God. So it is going to be renowned, it's going to be known that these people have seen God face to face. That should create alarm. 
that should alarm you. That should create a panic in you. That this generation, that your evil eye, that your mortal eye, have seen God face to face. So even as celebrated in the book of Numbers chapter chapter 9 and chapter 14, here verse 14 of chapter 14, that have seen God face to face. But in chapter 9 that I read, 15 to 23, he says, he came to guide them. He came to guide the Israelites that they may enter the land of the promise. But then, the hallmark, the standard and the benchmark of that mission, of that engagement, of that guidance, of that leadership, leading of God himself, was that whenever the clouds settled, they encamped, they settled. And whenever the cloud lifted, they set out and they followed. And wherever it settled, there are, they settled again. In other words, the standard and the yardstick of this engagement became obedient, obedient. One thousand percent obedient. One billion percent obedient. That whenever the cloud lifted, they set out, they parked up their bags, and they set out with the cloud. And wherever they settled, they are at, they also encamped, meaning totally obedient, and in that way, they entered the promised land. And in that way, he led them, and in that way, he guided them to the promise. So how then can this church be able to enter eternity, to enter the land of the promise, to enter the rapture, to enter heaven, if this land has seen God, if this generation has seen God face to face, and they are not obeyed. And they are not obedient. They are still swayed to sexual sin, sexual lust, and everything else. All of the above. Because he says that the hallmark, the standard and benchmark of that engagement, when he came down, God the Father, came down in his cloud, and they saw him face to face, that the standard of their engagement with him was that whenever he lifted, they set out. And whenever he settled, or wherever he settled, there they encamped, they settled too. And in so doing, he guided them to the promise. And he says, these people, uh, with these people, and he says, and that you, O oh Lord, have been seen face to face by these people. And they obeyed him a billion percent, one trillion percent. And then they entered the promised land. And yet, this generation at Central Park Nairobi, and I'm not mentioning Kericho, Kaskatet, and Kisumu, all the other places, and Kakamega, Nakuru, where the cloud has come and said, hold on, he that speaks with you. The tall pillar of cloud. The same cloud I'm talking about here. And now we are talking about Central Park, the recent one this year. That this generation, these people, have seen God face to face, but they have not obeyed. They have not obeyed. They are still in sexual lust, sexual immorality, sexual sin, pursuing other things. And yet for Israel, when they saw God face to face, they saw the cloud. They obeyed him one trillion percent. Whenever he lifted, 
wherever he settled, era they settled. And in that way, he guided them and led them to the promise. So how then will he lead this generation and this church to the land of the kingdom of God, the land of eternity in heaven, if they don't obey? It is not just an event. What you are about to watch is not an event. should alarm you. You say, wow, I have seen God face to face. I have seen the cloud of God the Father. I am alarmed. I am trembled. I am panicked. I am perplexed. I am in shock and fear. You are going to see, recorded on video, of the Holy Spirit descending upon He that speaks with you. Face to face, you are going to see God today. You should be alarmed. And he says, the church is now being instructed, beloved people. Because he says face to face. He's instructing the church that you should be able now, from today to know that you have seen God, that day and night, now you should have your eyes on God. Day and night. Like in the night, they saw the fire. In the day, the cloud. So you are going to see this today. And it should remind you of the constant presence of God to you, beloved people. And you are going to see also that in that cloud, for the Israelites, whenever the cloud settled, they can't. Whether it's for a year, a day, evening to morning, for that duration, they obediently, faithfully stayed. So, in other words, they waited on the Lord. They waited in the presence of God. Meaning, the Lord is saying, there is no time wasted when you wait in the presence of God. Now you're waiting for the rapture of the church. There is no time lost. Israel did not lose time. Whether it's for a year, they stayed comfortable and quiet and peaceful. Knowing they were in the presence and the leadership of God, the Father himself. But some of you, already waiting in the presence of God, but you are wavering back to sexual sin, you are going to other things as though you are impatient, God is wasting your time. And yet for them they stayed patiently. There was no time lost in the presence of God, whether for a year, or just for evening to morning, or just for two days, they patiently stayed there knowing there is no time lost. We are in the leadership and the guidance of God, God the Father himself. But some of you, ever since the cloud came, and you've seen God face to face, you are still wavering, impatient, trying sexual sin on this side, trying lies on this side, as though God is wasting your time. How? How then will he lead you? What kind of generation is this? Where is your alarm? And you see very clearly, that even if they had stayed for a year or two months and they were settled and now comfortable with their children, whenever the cloud lifted, no matter the comfort, no matter the comfort they had, they had to pack up from that earthly tent and follow God. But some of you, you're so comfortable in the earthly tent and God has moved, God has lifted. He said, let us move. The stairs are here. Be ready now. But you're still in the comfort of yesterday. And yet the Israelites here teach a 
their livestock. However tricky, however uncomfortable movement is, and however comfortable they have become for a year, two years, a month, where they are settled, when the cloud lifted, they abandoned that comfort. They focused on God. They said, no, this comfort is temporary. I am following the Lord. But look at the church now. The church world over has seen this cloud. And the cloud has come to lead the church, the nation, to the kingdom of God. But you find that when the cloud instructs, when the cloud of God guides and says, be holy, be righteous, give the command. Number one, they don't obey. Number two, they still seem to want to remain in the old church, old position of sin where there is no visitation. How then? How then will the Lord lead you? And he's saying, it doesn't matter the comfort here. Once the cloud of God has come, it doesn't matter the uncertainty you fear of your fears. The uncertainty in front, the fears in front, we are now leaving. How will it be ahead? It doesn't matter. But the Lord has instructed that he lifted up. So should be this generation. So beloved people, in whatsoever you do, today as you sit in those churches and watch the wonders, just remember, you should be alarmed and obedience and obedience, and obedience, and obedience eternally. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless you and bless you. I bless your services. I bless your life and congregation that you may learn to hearken to the instruction of God and follow the Lord. I have blessed you in the mighty name of Jesus. So it shall be according to the words of my tongue. I bless your revival. I bless your eternity, those that will listen and obey. I bless you eternally, those that will listen and obey and follow the leadership of God. God is leading the church to the kingdom of the Messiah. God the Father himself has come. I have blessed you. I bless your eternity. I bless your healthy of the earth. Churches, congregations, revival. I bless Senior Bishop Elizabeth. She always jumps in herself or gravin. Herself. Herself. Always herself. And says we are listening. I bless your humility. May the Lord bless you. I have blessed your services. So you shall be a man. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. So it shall be. Amen. Todaraba. Todaraba.